I'm Dr. Marianne Sintron, founder of Step-by-Step Dyslexia Solutions. We're a 5013C nonprofit organization. Our mission is to help dyslexic children develop literacy skills so that they can realize their full potential and positively give back to their communities. And we do this by training teachers. So I um, go to different service organizations and I try to fundraise to help pay for some grants for some of the teachers and tutors who can't afford it themselves. But also I write grants. So if you're interested in even being on our list to receive a scholarship from us, let me know. So I'm excited to start the webinar today. This is day two of Slam Dunking Dyslexia. Today you're gonna to learn about the program, learn about the Orton-Gillingham model, and learn ways we teach phonological awareness. I'm gonna start with sharing my screen. And go right here to day two. Okay, and I want to be sure it's still recording. Yep, I didn't unclick recording. So anyway, welcome. Welcome everyone. Okay, welcome again for people who are getting in a little bit late. This is day two of Slam Dunking Dyslexia. And I wondered what your biggest takeaway was from yesterday. Think about it. I think the simulations were very interesting for some of the people. And then seeing some of the examples of writing were very interesting for people. So I'm not gonna review my whole journey of how I became a dyslexia specialist, but I just want you to know if you weren't here yesterday, I didn't learn about dyslexia from school, from my education, from being a teacher. I learned about it when I was in my master's program for special ed and a professor recommended that I join the International Dyslexia Association of which I'm now a board member of the Tri-County branch. So that's where I learned about dyslexia and I continue to get updates about dyslexia. And so I really wanna get the word out so teachers get trained. So yesterday's learning outcomes were being able to describe dyslexia in an easy way, not needing that difficult formal way, how to understand what dyslexia looks like, what it feels like, and its impact on the students, and how to recognize it in the classroom, even in the workplace. So today's learning outcomes, you're gonna understand ways to teach phonological awareness, and I'm also gonna to talk to you about the Orton-Gillingham model which talks about structure and systems. And you're gonna understand the value of, of structures in a reading program. So what I recommend when I do a training, I train for a full day, but when we tutor, we tutor for one hour a day, four to five days a week. And it's um, 25 to 30 sessions. So I'm gonna ask you to take out a pad of paper and be writing um, as we go through step one through step nine. Step-by-step -step reading program has nine steps. And I have 
five, I have actually have six books, but number four is repeated twice because the junior workbook, juniors only have one book. Those are fourth grade and under. And then fifth grade and older have two workbooks. So if you have your pad of paper, can you raise your hand and show me that you have your pad of paper? Okay, because you're want, gonna wanna take notes. Super de duper. All right. The first step in the reading program, we work with we work with the phonogram cards. So we have over 101 cards, and what we do is we teach the letter name, the letter sound, and we have a picture associated with it that some of the students might not recognize the sound. So when students come into the program, um, they should know their letter names, and they may know the, the vowel A, but they probably may not know the other vowels. So we don't um, really have cards for the, the letters, um, the letters which are white cards, but we have letters for the vowels, and then we have more complicated vowel sounds that I will show. So how we show this, we would show the letter A, and we would hold up the card and say A, A, A. And then let me back up a little bit if I may. So if we need to show the picture, we'll say A, A, X, A. And then we'll go to the B. B, B, box, B. So we only do a minute of the cards, and I just am showing you all the variety of cards we have here. They're just beautiful, and we go, they're all numbered, uh, sets one through 19, and we just bring in sets one and two, review it for a minute. Then we do sets two and three, do it for a minute. We just bring them in as a child is learning. We don't want to overwhelm them. And then we have, the pictures that go with it. Oh, sorry. I wanted to look, let you look at those pictures a little longer. I thought I had a third page. But um, beautiful artwork was done for these pictures. So step two. Well, raise your hand if you understand step one. How easy is that? One minute phonogram cards. Easy peasy. <laughs> As we say in the classroom. Yep. Very easy. Okay. So step two is another easy step. It's only five minutes, and this is where we use sound circles, and we use rectangles when we have syllables. So in every kit that I provide, I provide you with spiral index cards, and the words come from the spelling list for that day. So you're gonna select three spelling words from the day, and the first day has really easy three-letter words, Doug, Hip, Jug. And then we modify them. So this is your homework the night before you tutor a student. You're going to change one letter sound. So Doug becomes Bug. Bug becomes Bum. Hip becomes Hop. Hop becomes Mop, and so forth. So what we do is we say, we say this, the word and have the student repeat after us. So at your home, say Doug, and you say Doug. So we're going to tap out the sounds with our hands. So we're going to say, have your student use their hand and go, duh, 
a g, dug. So they're going to do that. And then we pull down the sounds. So I'm going to pull down a pink for a consonant, an orange for a vowel, and another pink for a consonant. And I'm going to say the sounds as I pull them down. I'm not saying the letter names, the letter sounds. So I'm going to say d, a, g, dug. I'm going to underline it. So then I say dug becomes bug. The, what sound changes? The beginning sound. So the duh goes away. We're going to slide the duh up, bring down another purple or pink for duh, for buh. And we're going to say the sound again. Buh, uh, guh, bug. Bug becomes bum. What sound changes? The last sound. So we're going to move the guh up and bring down a mmm. So let's say all the sounds, b, a, m, bum. So then we go to the second word. We move all the sound circles off the whiteboard, and we bring, we, say, we start all over again with the word hip. Say hip, and you repeat hip. Let's tap it out, h, i, p, hip. Then you're going to pull the sounds down for hip. So this only takes five minutes, and I will put from three to five words on a card, and then I flip the card on the back and I'll add more words from that day's exercise because you never know, some of these students will move really fast through this. Some students will move slower, and as the words get more difficult, some will go quickly and some won't. And you wanna get the students to be saying the sounds, however, you're gonna model it until they feel comfortable on their own. A lot of times they'll just say it with you. But that is step two, five minutes. Raise your hand if you understand step two pretty easily. Okay, and what this is doing is giving the structure to the program. First we do the cards, then we do the sounds without the letter representation. That comes in step three. So step three is where we use our plastic letters. Now when I order them, I always spray the vowels um, black, and I spray the C and the G gold, so that's a little unique thing for my letters. But you can always order your alphabet letters from online or order that, get them from my kit. But what we do with the letters is we line up the vowels A, E, E, A, A. And we select the letters that are um, told to us in our scope and sequence. I've you know, selected certain letters the way students learn the letters in the proper order that is easier for them to pronounce. So we're not going to do R and L until later. But so we would put the P in front of the A and we would say pa ap pa ep pi ip pa op pa up. And we do that with the series of letters for that day. And this takes 10 minutes. So when I'm working with a student, someday step two will be a little bit shorter, step three will be a little bit longer, but we always will finish the whole package in about, the whole first three steps in about 15 minutes. The reason the C and G are painted silver is because they have a hard and a soft sound, if you didn't guess. And we have a real fun way to teach hard and soft sounds. Another 
thing I do with my letters, because sometimes the letters, uh, you know, it's really hard to know. Is this a B? Is it a D? Is it a P? Is it a Q? So I'll mark on the letters. And sometimes when you order them, this might be too much information, but you don't get um, eight of the same letter. You might get less. So I just want to be sure every box has sufficient number of letters in it. This is why children have trouble with B and D and P and Q. A chair is a chair no matter how you turn it. But when you start turning this little letter around, it gets very confusing to children. So we learn it, we teach it first, and then we review it. So it's being reviewed a lot. Myth or fact? I'm gonna ask you to give a thumbs up if it's a fact and a thumbs down if it's a myth. Dyslexic people have low intelligence. You're right, no one is lifting their hands. Um, dys dyslexic people are very bright. They have average to high intelligence with a few exceptions. I'm finding some students who are very bright but their reading comprehension is just really, really low because they haven't developed their vocabulary enough. So my reading program really develops vocabulary. Students' comprehension is increasing one to three years in only six weeks because they're learning the grammar rules and the phonics rules. And dyslexic children are often thought of being lazy and not trying hard, trying hard, which is to me the biggest insult because they really, really are trying hard. They're just not able to achieve like the other students who don't have dyslexia because dyslexic children need very specific instruction. You know, a student who doesn't have dyslexia can watch what their peer is doing and catch on, or they can be bold enough and ask a question and, and just jump right in. But dyslexic children have low self-esteem, they're shy, they, they don't feel like they're even smart enough to try sometimes, so they need um, the explicit instruction as maybe some other students might not. And dyslexic people are very intelligent and artistic. We have Leonardo da Vinci, Walt Disney, Steven Spielberg. They're very good with dancing and very good in the arts and a lot of 3D, hands-on. So um, give me a show of hands if you understand how we use our letters, our manipulatives. So we learned yesterday that for an effective reading program, it has to be multi-sensory. When the children are doing the letters, you want them to be speaking. So there's gonna be colors and manipulatives. They're gonna be hearing, they're gonna be speaking and seeing, multi-sensory. So step four is 10 minutes. And the reason this program is so successful is people are, the students are engaged constantly and things are changing up for them. So it's very interesting and fun. So the teacher guide is a big manual that I provide. It has phonics in it. It has the spelling exercises. And you're gonna use this every day. And this is where you refer to your phonics. So we do 10 minutes of reading phonics. And it starts off very simple with these phonemes. We call them phonemes. These are the sounds being put together. Students will read un, n, id, di, op, pa, ud, da. And we want to teach them to maintain the short vowel sound. So for example, here, 
They may want to say on no, but we want to teach them na. So we want to maintain the short vowel sound. And it's really great because it gets their brain trained for the, the different pathways, fa or f. They're going to have different pathways for those different sounds. So since this is based on the neuroscience of the brain and phonics impact, you know, for reading and when we use music, the music is based on the neuroscience of the brain. We use music when the kids are reading for this 10-minute time. Here are some of the um, further pages. So we'll have three words and we add an S. And look how the S can make a plural or the S can create a whole new word. Same here. We have jut, we add an S. It can create a whole new word or it can be, a, you know, be after, a, if this is a verb, the S is going to make it a, um, a verb, a present tense verb. So we teach all about that. And those grammar and phonics rules are so important. Those kids start having those light bulbs go off and they get it. Oh, is that why that's there? Oh, this, and we teach about words that can be verbs and nouns. And then we develop vocabulary with the sentences. We don't read all, we don't talk about all the sentences, but I have my tutors and teachers pick out a few that you want to talk about, like three. I like a flat box is best. A lot of dyslexic students have difficulty articulating and they're just shy or they just don't have the, the word access. So I'll ask, why is a flat box best? And they, they don't know. And I'll say, well, you know, maybe you have your Christmas wrapping and you want to put it in a flat box and store it somewhere in the garage or you want to put um, blankets or sweaters under the bed in a flat box. And then, you know, what's really interesting when you talk to the students and ask them these kinds of questions, you become their friend and they know that you're building relationship with them and they get out of their shells and they're just so comfortable talking to you. So this is another one. I felt as snug as a bug in a rug. Do you know what that means? And do you, how many of you guys know it? I'm sure you all know what that means, but kids don't know what that means. So of course we don't want to talk about bugs being in anybody's rug, but they do go in some rugs and uh, the bug is very comfortable in a rug. So we have a little idiom, we say, I felt as snug as a bug in a rug. So there's rhymes going on. This is an idiom because it's really not true, but it's an, it's, um, an idiom we call it. So they learn, a, they learn a lot. He will clam up if you ask him to tell on his pal. What does that mean? So you describe what a clam does and what it means because kids have to be taught not to tattle and they need to be taught unless it's an emergency you don't have to tell on your friend and a pal is a friend kids don't know that so we're really developing vocabulary so i like to talk about the job of the brain the language center is in the left side and the music is in the right side because when i when you play music in the left ear while this child is reading i explained yesterday that the music will cross over to the right side of the brain, specifically the right angular gyrus, and the right angular gyrus won't take over the reading and it won't send over the wrong word. So it's gonna be doing a job it likes to do, which frees up the child 
to read and the auditory processing is improved. I did this for a student at a private school and I was amazed when I had him, when I first learned about music with, with reading, I was challenged to try it and I did that week and we had CD players back then and I played classical music in the student's left ear and had him read on the computer and he could read so smoothly what he couldn't read the day before. And then I had two columns of words and I asked him, this is a fourth grader, I asked him to connect associated words in the two columns. Well, without the music, he took a long time and he finally started making some connections, but he was very slow at his line and his line was jaggedy. But when I put the music in his ear and I gave him a set, a two, a set of different words, he made the connections quickly and his line was straight and it immediately had me go to the superintendent that afternoon and I showed the two whiteboards with the music, without the music. And he made a decision, let's buy this right now. But the parents of that student were so excited, they purchased the program that I used back then and 15 students benefited from it. So Dr. Roger Sperry is the neuroscientist from the 1960s who talked about um, teachers should find a way to use the left and the right sides of the brain independently. He did his split brain theory on seizure patients and the seizures ended, that's hard to say seizures, by he severed the central part of the brain called the corpus callosum and he worked at the left and the right sides of the brain independently. And he saw word blindedness back in the 1960s and he challenged educators at his conferences Find a way to bring this into the classroom. So now we talk about a dichotic method of learning, putting two inputs at the same time, but nobody's talking about using music, specifically music in the left ear, spelling exercises in the right ear. That's why my program is so unique. And that's why we get one to three year gains in only six weeks. I had a parent, I shared this story yesterday, but I'm gonna share it today, that I had a parent in another a neighboring district who actually worked for the district and she was ready to sue the district because her son was gonna be entering the sixth grade and he was reading at a low third grade reading level. So she came to me and I had a six week uh, summer school course at the private school. And after six weeks, which was five days a week, he had, her son had made three years gains in reading fluency, reading vocabulary and reading comprehension. So, the dyslexia didn't go away, but his neural pathways were developed and he was able to be successful in sixth grade. So if any of you have ever taught the classroom where you have five students at a time and everybody's on board with your intervention, but there's one student always lagging behind, lagging behind, that can be very hard for you and for the student. Well, so he was that student always lagging behind and now he wasn't. So he's one of the poster childs that I have. So Dr. Sperry actually won a Nobel Prize in the 1980s. It took 20 years for the world to catch up with his brilliance. So Cruz is another student who's our poster child. He came to, his mother came to us last March. He was a homeschooled student and he didn't even know his letter names and sounds and he was going into second grade. 
and he thought his baby sister was smarter than him. His self-esteem was so low. Well, I taught his tutor how to teach him the letter names and sounds, and then in July, he was ready to start my reading program, step-by-step -step reading, and he used the music, and you know, he just grabbed it and just did so well. This March, he exited special ed for reading. He's still getting support in math, but he is now reading at a fourth grade level, and that just blows me away. But it shows you, kids will make one to three-year gains in six weeks. This has been a little bit longer for him, so now he's reading at a fourth grade level. And what that shows me is it reinforces the fact that students need to learn to read in kinder to third grade so that when they start fourth grade, they know how to read. That's when they start doing more research and writing more complicated papers. So Cruz is going to be entering third grade, and he's going to just be well advanced of, of, of those other students in reading. And his mother said that there's ways in his life, his self-esteem has just improved so much that he is teaching his little sister the C and the G rule. He's writing it on the whiteboard there. And she said, it has impacted his life more than we even imagined and in ways you can't see on a test. Okay, ready for step five? This is a one minute phonological awareness script. So the spiral notebooks come handy, come in handy again. We take out the little spiral index card and this is phonological awareness where we actually provide a script. So we take the word hat out and we tap it out. We're gonna say hat, the student says hat. You say h-a-t, hat. Then this is what we do. The script is, in the word hat, what letter name says huh or h? And the student will say h. In the word hat, what letter name says a? And the student will say a. You're right. In the word hat, what letter name says t? And I'm sure I hear you. You said t. Good job. So then we do the sound. We say in the word hat, what in the word hat, what sound does the H make? And you say, huh. In the word hat, what sound does the letter A make? And the student says, ah. In the word hat, what sound does the letter T make? And the student will say, t. Excellent. So we say, say hat. And they say hat. Say hat again, but instead of the huh, put a mmm. And they'll think a little bit and they'll say, Matt. Yay, you just put a rhyme to that word. Can you use Matt in a good sentence? I have a dirty floor mat that I have to wash. Yay, excellent. So it's going to develop their thinking, their critical thinking, their verbal, and it's fun. So raise your hand if you understand step five. It's only one minute. It's so fun and easy, and it's a, lot, it's a light break from all the intense reading they do. Good job. Okay. So now we're on to step six. Step six is 10 minutes because we get into the workbooks. Now, the workbooks are phonics-based. The junior workbook is the same as a senior workbook up until page 36, where the senior workbook continues. 
and also the junior workbook has larger font. So this is what it, we start off with. We give an example of write two words that rhyme with man. Now, the child will already have been reading these sounds and, and the child is ready to say, give a rhyme. And if he or she can't say a rhyme, we're gonna help. And then we, um, so let's rhyme with man, fan, um, tan, okay? And sometimes if a student doesn't know a word, I won't just give the answer, I'll give a little clue. Well, what is it, what is it called when your skin turns a different color, it turns brown from the sun? A tan, okay, so we'll build the vocabulary that way too. And then, okay, so we let them work independently and write the rhymes out, and if they get stuck, we give them some help. Then it goes into a little bit trickier exercises. This is when I have uh, the student bring out the highlighter, and we're gonna highlight the line if it's gonna be a real word in work. So, tria, remember the short vowel sound, trick. We're gonna highlight the line because it makes a sound. It's, the, it's a real word. Does trink, is trink a word? No, it's not. So you can put, you don't have to touch that one. So then the student gets their pencil and writes CK. Then they're gonna to go to number two. Is jack a word? Yes, so they're gonna highlight it. Is jank a word? No, so it's nothing, they leave it alone. When they get their pencil, they can write CK, and they could put a line with their pencil that those are not words. So that's what we do. It's just so fun because, you look at over here, stuck and stunk. It's just, when I first learned about words that, you know, use both of those, I just got so excited, and I get excited when the students are CNL, so. It's just a fun workbook, and the students use their music during this workbook. Then we, okay, so hands up if you understand the workbook and how fun it could be. And you understand it's 10 minutes, okay? Then we do our next phonological awareness activity. So, but this time it's not as uh, timely as step five. This is only 30 seconds. So we take out our spiral index cards again, and we pick a word, let's say jug. Say jug. Oh, I heard you, you said jug. Okay, so let's tap out. J-U-G, jug. So in the word jug, what's the beginning sound of jug? Or you could just say, what's the beginning sound of jug? J. What vowel do you hear in the word jug? Uh. What is the ending sound of jug? Guh. Now say a word that rhymes with jug. Bug. See, they're not going to see this index card. You will. So if they struggle a little bit, you can help them. And can you use this word in a, in a good sentence? Um, my mom carried the jug with the water to our campsite. So um, I, I'm, I've got to put a question mark after my sentence there. But I wanted to say that we teach rhymes with our palm. We teach that the beginning sound changes in rhymes, but the ending sound doesn't. So many of you might know this as called an onset and a rhyme, R-I-M-E. But we're going to say j-ug, jug, 
And then we're going to change the J to B. B, UG, bug. And then we're going to change, uh, well, that's, so let's give it another rhyme. Mug, M, UG, mug. And we remind the student that when the ending sound is the same, that's when you know it's a rhyme. Oh, I wanted just to share a little story of Cruz. When I post-tested him earlier this week, I brought out what um, an assessment tool called the CTOP, and it's a phonological awareness. Oh my gosh, he knew everything in it. He just said, this is so boring. He was changing letter sounds, and he was dropping off syllables, and he could say a syllable. He could say a multi-syllable word and drop off one of the syllables and still say it. So those are some of the real nice tricks we want the dyslexic children to learn. And he mastered it. it I was just so proud of him. So give me a high five if you understand step seven, how easy it is, and put on your little notes. Yay, Rachel, you raised your hand and a lot of other people. Um, take on, put on your note that it's only 30 seconds, so fast. Okay, so then we go to workbook eight. Thank you for your participation, everyone. Step eight is another 10 minutes, and it's with workbook two. And here we talk about more of the grammar rules. So we'll teach about the homophone, there, there, and there, what the difference is. We give them different tricks on how they can learn that. And this is where we take out our three highlighters. We want to be highlighting the there, the different there's, and highlighting anything related to it so that when you fill out a page that's going to answer need those answers they're going to take the same highlighter and highlight it first before they write their answer in and then for step eight we also have mini lessons now mini lessons are more intricate um, activities that we teach explicitly and we have five mini lessons sets the first one has six activities the next one has nine activities 14 activities five activities and 12 activities. What we do is once the student reads a certain place in the phonics reading, we can start, start alternating these um, for, the mini, for the workbook two. So since the juniors don't have a workbook two, they would go right back to workbook one. However, they'll also start using the mini lessons. And an example, it'll take too long if I show you the table of contents, I tried to do that and I went, oh, it's going to take too long because I want to have time for questions. But I can answer that afterwards. But here's one example of a mini lesson. So we actually teach this mini lesson the very first day because they have to progress so far into the phonics reading before they'll take a test. And usually that'll take up to the day three before they'll take their first spelling test with music. So we're going to teach a mini lesson for step nine instead of taking a test. So we teach that I have a slingshot and I show that the, e, the G and the C have a hard and a soft sound. And usually we learn the, the hard sound. The C is K, like a cut or a cake or a Coke. And a G is hard sound, good, God, great. And then when we have E, I, and Y, they would represent the stones. And when you shoot the C or the G with a stone, which means it's going to be after it, it's going to give it a soft sound. 
So C with the E becomes Seh. G with the E becomes Jeh. And then C-I, Seh. C-Y, Sigh. So the E-I and the Y make it soft. And then we also talk about when do you use a C or a CK or when do you use a K? It's very fun. And a lot of adults say they've learned a lot just by going through the training. Here's some examples of um, activity eight. In the first lesson, we talk about possessives. And since there's a lot of reading in uh, the mini lessons, this can also substitute the phonics reading in step three or step four. So um, you'll know your scope and sequence will guide you when you can substitute that. But kids need to know when there's a plural of knife, it becomes knives. What if it's ownership? What about wife and life? We change it to the V when it's plural. And what about when it's a plural? And what about if it's a plural of the noun? So we teach all that about possessives and it has to be explicitly taught. And there's gotta be a lot of repetition. So when do you do the mini lessons? You would alternate them between phonics, if the student's read enough, and you would alternate them between the workbooks. I like to get the mini lessons done as fast as you can because there's so much learning in them. And when you do, you won't do, um, Obviously, if you substitute it for workbook one or two, you won't do that workbook. But also, you won't do step seven, which is the 30-second um, phonemic awareness drill when you do the mini lesson. So it's really, it's got the structure and it's got the system, but it's making sense. So it's systematic. So raise your hand if you understand the mini lessons and you understand that step. Workbook two and alternating mini lessons. Very good. When I do my training, it's a full day training and I teach, we go through all the mini lessons and we ask a lot of questions. So, I mean, we answer a lot of questions. It's really nice to give that training. So it, thank you for your participation. Um, effective intervention can make a huge difference in the lives of students. Raise your hand if you agree with that. That's right. Using music with a multi-sensory step-by-step reading program, students are making one to three year gains in only six weeks. And because music is based on the neuroscience of the brain, people aren't using music. We're using music in the back of a classroom. Sometimes a teacher will play music, but that's different. This is giving that a direct input. And my app, Dunking Dyslexia, is available on iOS or Android. And with, the, with this training today, with, with this mini webinar, you're gonna be receiving a month free of the app. And I'll tell you about that. So we're at the final step, which is step nine, and the students take a spelling test. So let me back up. Oh, here is what the spelling test looks like. We start with the three letter words, or we call them CVC words. And part of the mini lessons talk about the syllable types. When children learn the syllable types, they'll understand why words look differently. And Okay, so we have 28 spelling exercises and we have eight groups of sentences. 
So on your paper, I want you to write this down. Lorraine is going to put this in the chat at the end, but this is the web app. It's m.stepbystepdyslexiasolutions.com. And it's going to go up into your browser as this number. So if, you, if your phone doesn't want to accept it, just put this number in your browser, 134.209.66.60. And this webinar has a unique code that's yours for a month. It's 13 uppercase H M Q B as in boy. So I have two favors to ask you. Will you please, so you'll have this for a month, but since you can't rate the app with a web app, would you please download it on your phone within the next three or four days and you have a free download and then you don't even have to purchase it. It's a free download and then rate it on your iOS or Android. That'll really help us out to get this out to others. And then also, would you share it with someone? Share this app with someone. So exercise one is the letter names and sounds. Maybe you know a child that needs practice with the letter names and sounds. Exercise two is only the music. So that's when you're gonna play the music when they're reading the phonics, when they're working in the workbooks or the mini lessons. And then all the other exercises have classical music in the left ear and spelling exercises in the right ear. So I, you know, it's just, you can practice with yourself, you know, listen, and it's not, I had a dyslexic person say, I need it to be so quiet when I work. And I said, try it, put the music in your left ear and just see how it is when you do write some spelling words. And she was really amazed because it just has a calming effect on the brain. So if you're into the brain science, you're gonna really like this. Here's what the sentence groups look like. And so now I wanna ask you, we've, we've wrapped, come to our end of the training. I wanted to um, be sure that you understand phonological ways. And also now you understand the Orton-Gillingham model was multi-sensory. And now you realize the benefits of having a reading program structured and systematic. I shared yesterday that when I was in English classes, special ed usually wasn't given the best treatment and we had books just stored away and I had to pull together the way I wanted to teach reading. And fortunately, because I'd been through training in college, I had some tools and I, I knew the best practices. So I was creating my own curriculum even when I was a teacher. So that's why I needed to create this curriculum to go with this app. So the teacher guide has many parts. When you have the, the full day training, I have uh, teacher instructions that if you're a veteran teacher, you're gonna memorize those so easily. But if you're a new teacher or a parent or a peer professional that's not used to it, you're gonna depend on these instructions and love them. Then we have the phonics reading list. Then we have our spelling exercises, and I have the science resources here. And then we have progress monitoring, which is my gift to you for phonics, workbook one, workbook two, which if your student has an IEP, 
it's great to select some of these progress monitoring for their IEP goals, and you can have evidence of them achieving. So I numbered that number one. So the training, or when you tutor a child, it's four or five days a week, and we recommend 30 sessions for one hour a day. And these are all the areas. If you missed anything on your notepad, this is a good time to fill that in. We're going to have a time for questions afterwards. So, and this is my book, A Message of Hope. This belongs, you can buy it on Amazon or you could buy it from me, or your school district can buy it in mass and get a great discount. It belongs in the hands of every teacher, of every parent of a dyslexic child, and every college professor who teaches education classes. At the beginning of the year, when I was a teacher for 10 years, every year we got how to manage students, how to motivate students, you know, behavior. And then we started getting books about second language learners. And people need to know about dyslexia. One in five kids has dyslexia. So this will show examples of their writing. I have 17 case studies of the kids I've worked with using music. There was one student named Ronnie who I had in a middle school. And he, he was adopted, and he used to say, I'm dyslexic and I have ADHD. And he would tell all the students about it. He was kind of proud of, proud of it. But he was really a great kid, and um, he listened to the music. He said, you know, I have ADHD, so the Ritalin calms me down, but the music helps me learn. And we have this written into his IEP in seventh and eighth grade and all through high school. And he graduated beautifully with, I don't know exactly his grades, but I checked in with his mom regularly and he did well. So the music really has a nice impact on the brain. And then, so the app again is available Android and I, iOS. And now I want to talk to you about what's next. So, several people have asked, how do we get your training? Well, June 18th is just next week. And if you are in California and I can ship you your curriculum right away, you can participate next week, but I'm also scheduling one for July 10th. It's called Dyslexia Dismantled, and it's all-day train. It's all training. So what this includes, usually my tuition throughout the year, I charge $9.97, all right? And it includes your $400 curriculum. I'm gonna give you some bonus items. Two 30-minute consultations valued at $200. Spreadsheets for tracking the students, their progress valued at $100. That's if you have multiple students. Maybe you're at a learning center and you have five to 20 students that you're doing in an after-school program. We have these spreadsheets for you. And then the progress monitoring booklets that I put in, book, in uh, the teacher guide, those three progress monitoring Booklets are valued at $100. And I just want to say here that when you learn how to work with one child, you're going to help many child, many childs. You're going to help, help many children. And in fact, not only will you impact many children, you're going to save thousands of lives. So the music app is free for three months when you get my training valued at $30. You receive my book 
for $15 value. So the total bonus value is $445. So if you add that to the 997, the total program value is $1,442. Many people are paying $5,000, $2,500 for their Orton-Gillingham training. They're going to college for three years. This is an affordable alternative to what the schools are offering or other programs are offering. So I don't charge you for the bonus. I have the rate back down to 997. But today, if you want to have a reduced rate today because I want to respect this COVID season that we're all in our homes and we all want to work with kids online. Some people are starting to work face-to-face. -face. I'm going to bring it down to 797. I look to have 10 people per minimum in my course. So you can write that price down for today only. I will mail you your curriculum in this beautiful little box. And together we're going to nip this reading crisis in the bud. We remember this from yesterday. Eighth graders were dropping uh, three points. Fourth graders were dropping four, um, another one point. Just going in the wrong direction. We want to work on this reading crisis together as a team. This is the affordable alternative. You can be trained in a day working with students the next week. Did I have that date? The date was what I had earlier. So again, the pricing. If you decide you want this in the summer, you're not ready to commit today, the price is $9.97, which is still a great deal. And it includes your curriculum. I'm just reviewing this to give you one last shot at it, to look at it. Today is the special offer price. And you can text me right here if you want to sign up today. I'm going to um, give you the web app. I'm going to give you um, the landing page, which will give you a time to sign up. Let me go out of here now. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so here um, we have, okay, so uh, Lorena, I'm sure you post to all the panelists and attendees so that the attendees can all see everything so we're going to put the website here it's um it's well the website's here <laughs> i'll also email it to you and you'll all get an email of the webinar so scroll through your chat and you could see the website okay um we have some hands raised if you have questions, I'm going to go ahead and open up the chat now. Okay. Anyway. Oh, this is a different Rachel. Okay, so we're still recording. Anybody have any questions? One of the big questions people ask is, um, let me get rid of this. How do you implement this in a school site? Well, it's the best idea would be to train the teachers, train their instructional aides, let them be able to pull students out one at a time and work with them for an hour. And remember, if students are making one to three year gains in six weeks, 
you know, they can be pulled out maybe three different hours and miss a class that, that won't be critical to their learning. And after six weeks, get another three students. This is why I think the schools have really kept away from it because the schools like to have teachers, the students taught in groups of 20 and 25. Well, if kids have dyslexia, they need that one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Even when I worked um, with a lot of my own training and experience, working with two kids at a time is difficult because students will work at different paces. One end, ends up being absent, so you have to, you know, you're moving the other student ahead. It's just really tricky. You can do two at a time if you're having someone take a spelling exercise while the other one is doing some explicit reading with you and they can work in their workbooks together. They can even do the phonics reading together and the phonograms together. But ideally, it's nice to do one at a time. And if the schools don't have the budget and they, and they don't want the teachers to be pulling the students out, what we found is doing the after-school programs are helpful because they're not linked to the unions and we can train the after-school people and they're very qualified qualified to be trained i used to train college kids to work with my after-school program and those a lot of the at-risk kids are in those after-school programs and we're going to actually be meeting at one of the art centers who has opened up their doors for us and allowing us to train at the art center and tutor students because the students are very interested in art anyway, and so they're gonna be going to the art centers. So those are just some ideas. And if you'd like to be on our list of one of the tutors to receive a scholarship, please email me and list it here. And uh, I can add you to my list. I continue to write grants and just really have a passion to get this word out worldwide. And I'm gonna send you the link to this afterwards. And if you can share it with other people, let me know how you like the app. I'm really excited to share the app with you. Now, the app was created for um, this reading program to work together. So it's step nine. So the children have dyslexia when they're using the reading program and the app. If children have dyslexia, the app won't work alone. You have to understand that they don't know reading and phonics yet. So if you have a child that is getting a B in reading and writing and is not dyslexic and knows how to read, wants to raise that B to an A or an A minus to an A, A plus, then the app would be great to get, give them that extra spelling exercise help. And this is where you can share the app too for parents who have children that aren't struggling with dyslexia, but they wanna raise that reading grade a little bit. And what a better time, best time to do that now in the summer, we're out of school, some of the kids kind of hit a standstill. They didn't make a lot of progress. We'll let them progress in reading and writing. So, so a couple of other things I'm doing is I'm actually offering to tutor some of the students online. And some are starting to come to my home. And also I do my tutoring online. The training, the eight-hour training is online. And uh, I'm trained someone from Canada. And I really hope South Carolina gets on board with this and other states. So if there's no other questions, let me see. <laughs> Yay, people are very glad you finally saw this. The app info again is Dunking Dyslexia. It's got the picture of the donuts with two earbuds 
And remember the music plays in the left ear and the spelling exercises play in the right ear. If you don't, if you can't find the number on the link, just try it again, it will work because it's a web app. Oh, the web app, okay. So if you're using your phone and you go into iTunes or you know, it's Dunking Dyslexia on your phone, if you're in your web browser, that's when you type in the web app. It's the number. And the exercises look, you know, instead of octagon, they're, they look, they're square. So it's a little you know, different look. Okay. So a, a teacher is saying that a special ed student might not be able to focus for an hour. I would say try it because the, the program changes up so much. I had a student in the summer who had autism and dyslexia, and he struggled, but his mom was with him. But he got through the whole hour, and he was a fourth grader. So you'd be surprised. It changes up so much. And when the students start building their confidence, they're going to start increasing confidence after two weeks. Just explain to them they're building their neural pathways. It's like going through the jungle and trying to find the path so you don't have to step on all the weeds and all the brush. And when someone makes a path, oh, you can just get through so much faster. And that's what you're doing in the brain, creating those new pathways where reading is going to be so much easier for them. And because we work with students who are older, even eighth graders, we remind them, you're not dumb. This is not baby information. This is just foundational information. Eighth graders as well as second graders struggle with phonological awareness. So everybody starts at the beginning. And that's why we just say it's step by step. And I'll also email the answers if I miss any of them in here. There's my text number. And I'm so glad special ed teachers are here. I'm glad parents are here. I'm so glad paraprofessionals are here. We're at our 10 o'clock hour. I want to thank you all for being here. And I'm going to send you the link of this webinar. And I want to wish you all a great weekend. And thank you for your participation. God bless you.